Hey everyone, Pastor Joe here. Welcome to another episode of Bothel Amplified. I'm excited to be sharing with you the second sermon of our gathering series. We are in the midst of creating a new community, one that worships both online and in person. And in doing so, we are reimagining and revisiting what it means to gather and how we are constantly being created anew that we are gathering. Uh, this comes from Isaiah 57 verses 14 to 21. Uh, Check it out. I remember it was uh, August 2001. I was in between my sophomore and junior years of high school and I was participating in a summer program called Exploration. It's held at uh, Yale University that year. And my family was living in Ohio at the time, but the East Coast always felt like home. It's where my parents landed after immigrating from Korea in the 70s and 80s. It's where my brother was born. Uh, It's where many of my first memories are of playing in the playgrounds in Washington, D.C., hearing the sounds and feeling the bustle of New York City. As part of exploration, we we, we took seminars over four weeks of that summer. uh, One was called Playing with Plato, the philosopher, not the (laughs) Play-Doh. showing a story, not telling, which was about creative writing. But we've also had the opportunity to experience all that the Northeast had to offer. You know, I saw my first Broadway show in New York during exploration. It was Aida, if anyone's wondering. I got to sit in old Yankee Stadium and Madison Square Garden. I took a 360-degree view of New York City from the top of the World Observatory, located on the 107th and 110th floors of Tower 2 of the World Trade Center. I remember a month later, I was walking to my pre-calculus class, seeing Mrs. Williams with her hand over her mouth, staring at the TV that hung above the classroom door. And we watched as the second plane crashed into that same Tower 2, We spent the rest of the day glued to the TV, stunned, heartbroken. I've had many opportunities to go back to Ground Zero, both as a tourist and while I was living in New York. At first, I would go back to pay respects to my family friends who died on that horrific and tragic day, remembering the loss of life, the fragility of life, the impact that fear and hate have in our lives. But but then later on, I, I would go just to see when the rebuild would be finished. You know that even after two decades of work, the rebuild of the complex is still incomplete. Yes, the area no longer feels like a construction zone. The Memorial Plaza with its twin reflecting pools did open in 2011. One Trade Center, which is formerly called Freedom Tower, uh, opened in 2014, as did the Memorial and the Museum. And there's an underground transit hub and shopping mall that uh, opened in 2016, but still left undone are two planned skyscrapers, a uh, performing arts center, and the rest of a church. This $20 billion venture, and at the time uh, of its 10-year anniversary, it was uh, the biggest public construction project that has ever been undertaken in the United States. This $20 billion venture involved this complex partnership between both the states of New York 
in New Jersey, a private developer, and dozens of smaller companies and organizations that were brought in to help design and build and fund and oversee the project. And in that, they've suffered um, repeated delays and budget overruns, design changes, and even several serious lawsuits. And at some point, you have to wonder, what is it that they're trying to finally build and why? We're in the second week of our gathering series as we are navigating what it means to live into this new era of our life together, what it means for us to take that next step as we live into this new community that God is actively creating in us and through us. We can't ignore that over the past 18 months, while our world has and continues to live through this global pandemic, life has changed. The world has changed. Our community has changed. We have changed. And I'd like to think that we are constantly being changed, transformed, renewed. We're called into something new. And that's why we call this series Gathering, not gathered, as in something that had a beginning and an end. We're gathering, as in happening now will continue to do so. And so today we're drawing from Isaiah 57, which is what we call third Isaiah. And as we view, the book of Isaiah is broken into three parts, right? Book one, Isaiah, first Isaiah, was written sometime in the 8th century BCE in Jerusalem. While the Israelites were still autonomous, they have their two kingdoms. But the theme of these first 39 chapters is one of judgment. Be faithful, Return to me. Then 2nd Isaiah, which is uh, chapters 40 to 55, it's written in the mid-6th century, while the Israelites were physically in Babylon. They're in exile, and we find the themes of hope, and the people are encouraged to look forward to the return to Jerusalem, to the temple that will be rebuilt, and we're reminded of God's faithfulness and promise of deliverance. Then we get to today's text, Third Isaiah, it's chapters 56 to the end, which was written in the early 6th century BCE. The people are back in Jerusalem. They have hopes and dreams of their own. They're back home. They, they're, they're ready to rebuild their livelihoods, to rebuild the temple that was destroyed. But last week we saw how the first words from God through the prophet to the people is not rejoice. Right? Instead, the prophet challenges them to think about who was included in the community. It wasn't just the people who once were. The remnants of the people who were exiled. No, this new community is to include the same people that were once excluded that God now gathers in. So we get to our text, and I love how the translation that we read from this morning says, build up, build up in verse 14. Build up, build up. And this verb, it it has many meanings and definitions. Uh, Literally, it's to cast a highway or to, to mound up a turnpike, to create a path. And figuratively, it's talking about uh, exalt, raise up, right? Extol yourself and all are appropriate here. Because the people are home. They survived the exile. They made it through. They were strong enough. They endured enough. And now they're ready to rebuild their lives, to rebuild the temple. But God says, hold on. Hold on. Before you rebuild anything, 
before you rebuild anything, I want you to rebuild your hearts. This is verse 15. Thus says the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. So thus says God, I dwell in the high and holy place and also with those who are contrite and humble in spirit. I dwell in the high and holy place to revive the spirit of the humble. You see, in this gentle, loving way, God reminds them of the journey, not just the one that they came from, but also the one which they are going. And it's not judgment. Not in this passage, at least. It's a statement of fact. God says, hey, people, remember. Just remember how you turned away. Remember your wickedness. Remember how you kept turning back to your own ways. You forgot what it meant to be faithful. You forgot what it means to love You wanted more than being my people. You wanted more than the abundance I promised you. You stopped loving me. You stopped loving your neighbor. Thank goodness the story doesn't end there. Because we get to verse 18 and 19, and says, I've seen their ways. I have seen their ways. I've seen their wickedness. But... I will heal them. I have seen their ways, but I will heal them. Peace, peace from near and far. We will get to your livelihoods. We will get to this temple. But build up your hearts first. Build up your spirits first. For what? For peace. Peace. Peace to near and far. There's an amazing story about the oldest synagogue in Tunisia. It's called El Griba, and it's considered to be the oldest synagogue in all of Africa. And this beautiful synagogue uh, is named uh, Griba because it's, it's, it's named the isolated one because it was built on a spot, legend goes, where, where there's a young girl who was living in isolation. She, she was rejected uh, by her community. She was not accepted by her family and those around us. She eventually dies and uh, has no burial. And so the, the neighboring Jewish community, they find her and they properly uh, uh, bury her and they place her body in a cave The story goes back even further, and this is where it gets really interesting. See, it goes back all the way to the time of Isaiah, our text. And the legend goes something like this. When when the temple in Jerusalem was destroyed and by the Babylonians, right, in 586 BCE, when the people were forced into exile, the political leaders and the high priests, they, they carried with them a door from that original temple and also a stone. And while most of the, those who uh, were exiled stopped and stayed in Babylon, there's a story that a handful of them continued on and made their way to Tunisia with stone and door in tow, and they built this Griba synagogue. And they included that door and that stone. 
And today, this, this, this uh, synagogue, El Griba, it's, it's a pilgrimage site for Jews. It, and they, they travel there once a year, 33 days after Passover to the site. And every so often, this pilgrimage matches and lines up with the Muslim holiday of Ramadan. They overlap. And most recently in 2019. And on that day, Jews and Muslims worship together. They gather together under one roof, sharing in their differing customs, and they share in a fast-breaking meal that night. Build up, build up for peace the far and near. You know, I can't wait for what's next in the life of our community, this, this new community of people who worship from near and far online and in person, but I wonder if I sometimes forget what is. I often get frustrated at God. I complain to God. My prayers sometimes end up like, things aren't moving fast enough. Things aren't getting done enough. God, we have work to do. But maybe the prayer should be something more like, God, we have work to do here. In ourselves, in our hearts, in our hopes. So, so, so heal me. Heal us. I don't know about you, but I need myself some healing Our community needs ourselves some healing. I want to challenge you to do some of this work this week. And so find a quiet place, maybe five minutes, alone, by yourself, and say the simple prayer, God, heal my heart. Actually, let's let's do that together right now. For those of you who are worshiping online, uh, and for those of you who are worshiping here, just say, God, this is where you respond, y'all. This is, have we forgotten how this works? God, heal my heart. God, heal our hearts. May it be so that our world, that our community, that our homes and our lives be built and rebuilt for peace, that all might know the transforming love of Jesus, and perhaps it may start here. Amen? Let's pray. God, we come into this time of worship together, rejoicing as our community gathers both online and in person, celebrating this moment where we can worship you to give you praise, to remember the ways that you have been faithful. But God, we also confess that we have not always loved you. We have not always loved our neighbors. And so we pray that as we are led by your spirit, that you would heal our hearts that we would be transformed in your love, that we would be made to be no peace, peace far and near. So give us the boldness to be your people as we move along this journey. It is in your holy name that we pray. Amen. 
All right, so that was our latest sermon of our gathering series. Tune in again next week as we continue looking at Third Isaiah, these uh, chapters of Isaiah that come after the uh, people return back to Jerusalem. And uh, as we continue the series uh, called Gathering, uh, we'll have another episode for uh, you this week. And uh, until then, we hope you have a great week. And I'll talk to you soon. Bye.